0: Include our series entitled family on the rock and we're going to be focusing today on the subject of singleness or singlehood so i've entitled this message this morning singled out can we pray father thank you god for your word thank you god for these next 35 minutes that i have and lord i pray right now that god what you've downloaded in my heart got downloaded in our church this morning god speak to us lord we did not come here to be entertained or just to say hello to someone god we're asking you by your word to change us God, we thank you. Well, let me just take a second right now and just thank you that your word can change us. Thank you that, God, when you speak over our lives, when you transform our minds, God, you actually can change us for the better. Lord, we give you free reign to do that this morning. In Jesus' name, if you agree with me, would you say amen? Amen. I mean, how many of you are single? All right, we can look around and maybe you guys can uh, talk later. Uh, awesome. So, so you're not married. How many of y'all know someone that's single? Awesome. All right. How many of y'all are breathing today? All right. Um, okay, so let's all come to agreement that as we get into this subject, we all have something to learn today. Now, before I talk about singleness, let me say this. I want to give you a key life principle that you see heavily in marketing, but I believe it works everywhere. And this is the principle, that awareness breeds discontent. We have it up there. Let's say it together. Awareness breeds discontent. Discontent. Now let me explain this for a second. All right. Um, I am not discontent with something until I'm aware that it's there. Once I'm aware that it's there. Now I find myself discontent. Now let me break it down for everybody because it's 830 in the morning. All right. I did not know that I wanted a 2014 Honda Accord. Until I realized, became aware that there was a 2014 Honda Accord, as I saw it on the billboard and on the, in between the game last night. Uh, and now, all of a sudden, because I'm aware of it, now I find myself discontent without it, right? All right, now for all the fellows. Now, ladies, you might be here as well, but I am unaware. I was unaware that I, did, that I felt like I needed a 85-inch flat-screen TV because I didn't know it, was, it existed, but when I went to Best Buy and realized that there was an 85 inch TV, I'll be honest with you, there was a part of me that said it needs to go in my bathroom. You know what I'm saying? Just, just, I mean, I am discontent with that, honey, if that thing is not next to my commode. I mean, just, we need it. You know, it's there. Right? And so awareness breeds discontent. And why do I say that? Because when it comes to singleness, most of us have, we know what culture says about singleness. And so because we're really aware of what culture says about singleness, we find, watch this, we find ourselves discontent with things that God has never called us to be discontent with. And so let me just say this up front. The reason why it's so important for us to hear from God's Word on not just the subject of singleness, but this, but any subject in life, is because you and I know we are indoctrinated in a culture that is not of God, in which we find ourselves being discontent with things that God never called us to be discontent with. And so that's why it's so important for you you and I to be in our Word on a regular basis. If you do not have your Bible, if you do not read your Bible on a regular basis, download the iPhone app or the Android app called Uversion and get a reading plan and start reading your Word. Because as you read the Word, you're going to find yourself more aware of what God says about you and here's the, here's the amazing thing, is that you're going to find yourselves discontent with, you're going to find yourself desiring to be more godly, as you know what he has to say. That's why coming to church is so important. That's why putting your kids in kids' ministry is so important. That's why having your kids in church, because they're becoming aware of what God has to say, and because of that, they find themselves discontent without being more godly. Amen. And so if you're here today, and if you're ready, not not only if you're single, but if you know someone's single, if you're ready to take off what we feel like we know about what culture says and say, okay, God, would you speak to us? And I want you to turn the Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7. I want to encourage you to bring your Bible. If you have it on your iPhone, pull it out. Write down notes. It's good. Of course, we'll have it on the screen for you, but let that never be a replacement for your bible first corinthians chapter 7 verse 7 now paul is speaking to the church of corinth hence the term first corinthians the book of first corinthians now he's writing in response to a lot of questions that the church of corinth was asking and so when we read verse 7 through 9 we're really just getting a snippet of what paul is he's, he's answering their questions and so he happens to be answering a question that's about singleness and so we see him uh, respond here. Now, I'm going to read it in its entirety, 7 through 9, and then we're going to break it down in three points of what Paul's saying. Y'all with me today? Oh, it's going to be fun. The Bible says this. Paul says, I wish that all of you were as I am. But each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now, to the unmarried and to the widows, I say this. To the singles, I say this. It is good for them to stay unmarried, as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Now, what in God's green earth is he talking about there? I want to break this down into three points this passage to explain to you, I believe, the heart of God when it comes to singleness and Paul's perspective on singleness. So I want you to take down some notes today. And number one, you can write this down. You should see your singleness... As a good thing. You should see your singleness as a good thing. Look at verse 7. Look at what Paul says. He says, I wish that all of you were as I am. Let me take a second. If you did not know this, Paul was single. Now, I want to give you a little bit of background on Paul. Scholars debate whether Paul was always single or not. I believe, after studying the passage and after uh, listening to different theologians, I believe Paul was married and lost his wife. The reason why is because in Jewish culture, it was considered a sin for a man to not be married by the age of 20. So it was, in, in the Jewish world, um, if a man didn't get married, I mean, it was very quick, like, what's wrong with you? And you're not understanding that God's put us on this earth to multiply. And so there was a strong culture of marriage already there. The second reason why I feel like Paul was married was because he, he, in the Bible, we see times where he votes. Well, you're not able to vote if you are not a married Jewish person. And so inside of because of those two reasons, I think he was married. So this makes it even more interesting because it's not that it's not that he was always single. If, if we would take that, then we would understand that he was married at some point, but now is fine. Now has found himself single. And he's saying to them that, hey, no matter wherever you are, that it is a good thing. Now, let me say this also. When Paul speaks to the church of Corinth, for him to say that singleness is a good thing is radical. I mean, this isn't like a normal thing. I mean, they're like, I'm sorry, what? No way. Uh, we're supposed to all get married, and uh, we don't get that, right? And so Paul is saying something here that we've got to hear. He's saying it's a good thing. The second thing I want you to notice about this passage. He also says, now to the married and to the unmarried, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. Let me just take a second, because some of us are here, and we go, oh, well, um, yeah, that's not for me. Like, that, like that's, that's not my passage. I'm just single for a little bit, but but that passage is talking about the people that have a gift of celibacy. And so there, there's no, that, that, that's, that's, that's not what Paul's saying there. He's saying something different. No, no, let me be very clear. He says, now to the unmarried and to the widow. You know what that means? That means that widow once was married, expected to always be married, and now has found themselves in a state of singleness that they never expected to be in. So I'm here to tell you, if you say, well, I'm single today, and if you are single today and you did not expect to be there, then this is, Paul is speaking to you. And he's saying no matter how you've gotten to your singleness, whether you have been divorced, whether you lost a husband, whether you lost a spouse, whether you're young and you just haven't been married yet, whether, whether you aren't married, it doesn't make a difference. However you are single today, if it's not in the cards of what your original game plan is, Paul is saying you still should see it as a good thing right where you are. Does that make sense? Let me say something else on that. Um, Also, Paul is not saying that it's a bad thing to want to get married. There's nothing wrong with preparing for marriage. There's nothing wrong, not just preparing socially, but also preparing financially. There's nothing wrong with preparing your character and your heart. He is not saying that at all, and he's not saying that you shouldn't get married. That is not what he's saying here. But he's saying this if you're single, you're not second class. That's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, you better not look at your singleness as if it's some some uh, pregame show to real life. As if, you know what, just one day, honey, you'll finally get there and you'll have the white picket fence. And then, isn't it funny that all the people that have the white picket fence are like, bro, I, you know, I don't know if I want this anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, isn't it just funny how the grass is always greener on the other side, no matter how it is? And Paul's speaking here and he's saying, listen, embrace your singleness and see it as a good thing. Let me also say this, when it comes to marriage... Um, it's also wrong to idolize the idea of marriage. And if you're walking around in your single state going, man, I just one day and, and this, and all of a sudden the thought of marriage becomes an idol, that's sin. That's wrong. Only God should get our glory. Amen. And so we've got to see our singleness as a good thing. Let me say something else. Your singleness does not define you. And I'm not just pre- preaching to a single person here. I'm preaching to everybody in here because nothing. All, we should be defined first as Christ followers. So let me be very clear. You are not a divorcee. You're a child of God. You're not, you're not a single person that, that maybe you're not married yet. You are a child of God. You are not a widow first. You are a child of God. That is where we've got to find our identity. You may be a child of God that finds themselves single at the moment. But your singleness does not define you. If you agree with me, would you put your hands together and give God a phrase for that? Second, and let me just give you this passage from the, from the message translation in verse 17 of this passage. All right, let me, let me just read this to you. First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17 says this. And don't be wishing you were someplace else or with someone else. Where you are right now is God's place for you. Live and obey and love and believe right there. God Listen to this. Not your marital status defines you. Isn't that beautiful? God, not your marital status defines you. Second thing I want you to write down about singleness that Paul that we're getting out of this passage. Number two is this. You should experience your singleness as a gift. You should experience your singleness as a gift. Look at what the Bible says. It says, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift and another has that. Your singleness is an opportunity to be a gift to the body of Christ specifically. Your singleness is an opportunity to be a gift to others that are around you. Because when you are single, you can have an unhindered focus on God and his mission and your work, etc. We have got to see our singleness as a gift. Now, the second thing uh, that I want to bring up in this passage is something I I think some people say, well, you know, um, I, I... They're talking about the gift of celibacy today, and so uh, I don't have the gift of celibacy because I really want her right now, or I want him right now, or whatever the case, right? Just in their heart, they're going, you know what? I don't have the gift of celibacy. He's preaching to somebody else, but can I tell you what? That's not what he's saying here. When you look at that gift, what he's saying is that in your season of singleness, God will gift you with the ability to be celibate. Let Let me explain it gift of celibacy does not mean that you never have sexual urges ever again. And if we ever have that thought, we're just looking at it wrong. That's not, that's not what the passage is saying here. We've got to understand that, that in your singleness, God will gift you. And he says some people have this gift and some people have this gift. And when you're married, God will gift you as well. And when you're on the mission field, God will gift you. And when you're when you're teaching, God gifts you. And when you're a, a parent and, you're, and your child does something crazy and you don't know how to handle it exactly, what does God do? When you just take your time and you collect yourself, you pray about it, He gifts you, doesn't He? All of a sudden, you're saying words that you didn't realize, right? He gifts you the same thing. He gifts singles. In that moment, in that gift of their singleness, so you may not always be single, but while you're single, God is going to gift you with that gift of celibacy so that you can be pure. Does that make sense? Also, the word gift, and there's an author named Tim, there's a pastor named Tim Keller that wrote a book on marriage, and he had a chapter in there about singleness. And he brought this out really well, and I, I didn't even realize this until I read it and I was studying this passage, but the word gift here. It's the same word, Greek word, that's used in 1 uh, Corinthians 12 for spiritual gifts. And what he's saying is that you are a gift to the body. Do you know that we only receive spiritual gifts to build the body? And what he says here, when he says each one of us that our singleness is a gift, what he's saying is that you in your single state is a gift to bless the body. Let me just say it like this. I don't know if you know this or not, but our church is not here without single people. I'm just saying like, like this church, like service did not happen today, without single people. In fact, I just counted up here. There were nine people on stage. Seven out of nine of them were single. Right? And you know what I'm talking about. I, and I, I'm, I'm 28 now. I've been, mar- I've been married for a, f- a little over five years, so about 22, 23 years of my life I was single. Can I tell you, when I was single, I was able to ha- I had a lot more time. I was up here all the time. I used to- Pastor knows, I've been up here until six in the morning at times. We have interns right now that are single, and they can be up here till one in the morning. They can be up here till two in the morning. Bless their hearts, right? And I'm just telling you, we do not exist without singles. And, as- and so as a church, we need to love our singles, and embrace them, and encourage them, and, and, and love on them. And let let me give you some pointers on 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 loving our singles. I just had four thoughts for the church today on singles. Um, invite them over during holidays. Really practical. Just know, like, if you're, if you're that type of person, I don't think we've ever had a Thanksgiving, personally, Natalie and I, where we did not invite a single over. In fact, even right now, we have a young single girl that's, uh, that, that rents out a room with us, and we always have. We just had a young single guy that stayed with us for two years, and now he's off into the, to ministry, and so we've always made that a part of our life. I would encourage you to do the same. If you're that type of person, open up your home to a single person. Help them out financially right where they are. You can be a blessing to them, uh, and especially over during holidays. Second thing is men, Um, specifically men. Take care of our single moms. Just every man in here, if you consider yourself a Christ follower, you don't need our permission as a pastoral team. Be a Christian. The Bible says in James 1, it says, religion undefiled is this, take care of the widows and the orphans. And when, when you see our single moms, help them out. If, 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 and not in some weird way, not in some, you know, just, but, but right where they are. You can, it, it, you can start to befriend them. And all of a sudden, you know, our, some of our single moms, they need some father figures for their kids. So let's be that. Maybe you're here. You could, you could, you could sign up and volunteer at City Kids and make an impact on students' lives. I tell, stu- I tell volunteers that come and, and lead with our youth ministry, I say, listen, if you if you can, we have some requirements for them. I said, listen, I need as many people in this city to look a young person in the eye and say, listen, I don't have it all figured out, but I believe in you, and I'm here for you if you ever need something. So I said, if you can do that, you're on the team. That's what we need. And we need more people to do that. And so even if you don't have a title, let's do that as Christ followers. Let's help out those that are in need. Third thing is this. Um, don't, things, don't say things like, have you found anybody yet? You know, oh, honey, one day, you know. It's just going to, they already feel lonely, all right? Don't, and, I re, and I've only been married for five years, so it's not that long ago that I was single. I know what that feels like. Let's not do that. Now, I'm not talking about, not, I'm not talking about you know, never bringing up the subject or something, but, but let's be smart about how we, they already feel lonely. Let's, let's not do that to them, right? And, and let's embrace them right where they are. Let's remind them that the singleness is a good thing. Uh, and, and let's be real with them. Now, number four, at the same part, there's nothing wrong with matchmaking, for the record. I'm just saying, hey, if you're not married today, uh, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with. Listen, you're you're over the age of 18, or however you look at it, man. There's nothing wrong with talking to somebody, going out to lunch after service, or whatever the case. I mean, we want people to get married. It's not a bad thing. It's not. So I, I don't want I don't want you to approach this like it's a bad thing. Um, but when we match make, don't be weird about it. You know, just don't do that. Like you know, just. Just be smart about that whole deal but, but hey, but help our singles out They may not know somebody And the truth is that most of the singles that are in our church Are really trying to follow God They're not going to go to the club and try to find somebody So if they're going to come here I believe they can find somebody better here in the church And so let's help them, right? So let's love them Alright, so your singleness is a gift Number three is this Our life of singleness should be godly it Should be godly We should see it as a good thing we should, we should experience it as a gift. Number three, it should be godly. Somebody just say godly. Look at what the Bible says. I'll prove it to you. The Bible says this. Paul says, if but if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Let me be clear. Paul is not saying here that marriage is the remedy to lust. Another, I.e., for example, hey, bro, you can't keep your pants on? Oh, the Bible says get married. That's not what the Bible is saying here. Alright? Let me, let me be clear on why this is so important. Because because listen, if you think marriage can give you a pure heart, what you've done is you've is you've substituted the work of Christ for a paper and a title. And then you find yourselves three years into your marriage cheating on your wife because you tried to cover up something that you never allowed God to work through. And so and so and so what, what Paul is saying here today. What he's saying here today is, listen, embrace your singleness as a good thing, right? But if you're going to embrace it in an ungodly manner, you're missing the point. You might as well just get married because, because you're, you're missing the deal. And, and, and let, me just say, let me just say it like this. Are you hooking up? If you're single today, are you shacking up? Are you on the Internet? Are you in love with somebody that's Photoshopped? Are, are, are you do you have friends with benefits whatever the case might be today um it's sin it's wrong it's ungodly god's called you to more than that right now you are preparing for marriage and, and, and paul's really clear uh, really clear in romans chapter 12 he says man let's just present our bodies as living sacrifices now listen what paul is saying here is hey church listen What he's saying is, I've found that the best way I can give God glory is by staying single. That's what he's saying here. But if you feel like your best way of giving God glory is by being married, then do it. But no matter what the case, we should embrace whatever season we're in, and we should give God the best that we can, and give Him our godliness. Amen? So, we got to stay pure. Not that we got to stay pure, we get to stay pure. We want to stay pure because we love God so much. So, in conclusion, let me just say this I'm not saying don't get married, I'm not saying that marriage is a bad thing. In fact, in fact, uh, you know, you you might be here, and if you're struggling with your purity, I would I would encourage you. And you you feel like you're you're close knit, and you're, you you guys haven't been able to figure it out, or whatever the case. Come talk to one of our pastoral staff. Come talk to a small group leader. Come talk to one of our volunteers, and let's talk about it. Man, let's get married. Let's do it. I mean, I mean, may, do you know that God uses your emotions as well to tell you kind of what to do? Um, like He's given us that for a reason. And so I want to encourage you. Hear me today. I'm not saying that singleness is a is a, I, I'm definitely saying that singleness is not a bad thing. And I'm also here to tell you that bar- marriage is not a bad thing. And at some point, I think Paul's really fleshing it out that you need to do what God's calling you to do. And I promise you, God is not calling you to be impure. He's calling us to godliness. And uh, today, I, I asked uh, Miranda and the team to come and sing this song. Because as I was praying for you, and, and specifically for singles, but for everybody in the room, I think the bigger, the bigger statement that I feel like God is speaking to us today is this. Embr- whatever season you find yourself in, embrace it and give it to God. If you're married, embrace it and give it to God. If you're in a season of change, embrace it and give it to God. Whatever the case might be, embrace it and give it to God. And so I asked the team to come and sing this song specifically, Miranda, because I just wanted you to know today that God's for you. And especially our singles that are in the room And I know, like I said, it wasn't that long ago It's five years, almost five years ago I remember uh, not being married And just, I, I would watch certain movies And I would see certain things And I would watch these couples And every Valentine's Day was weird And, and uh, man, just, I want you to know that God is for you And He sees you right where you are And so, I asked Miranda to sing a song And at some point, if you'd like to stand and, and, and sing with her You definitely can But just allow her to minister the song as she sings the song you are forming listen Would you stand to your feet? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and I want you to know that God is for you. No matter where you are, God is for you. Whether you're single, not single, God is for you. I have a question that I almost ask every time I preach a message and it's this: what is God speaking to you? Every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, It's the time to look in. Come on, just ask God right where you are. God, what are you speaking to me? Maybe you already know. Maybe you made it real clear to you. But, Let's take the next 30, 60 seconds. God, what are you saying to me? Lord, we ask that you would change us. Now, God, we ask you to speak to us. God, what are you speaking to us?
1: some of this room God's just
0: encouraging you he's just wrapping his arms around you and loving on you today right now some of this room is calling you to repent saying hey son hey daughter that's not right come on what is he speaking to you remember awareness breeds discontent God speak to us make us aware of what you're what you're saying what you're doing God Whatever God's telling you or speaking to you, my question is, will you do it? Will you do it? Will you follow him? Will you take a step today? Jesus, speak to us today. Every head bowed, every back closed. I got one more question. I feel like it's the most important question in the room. And if, there's, if this is for one, it's completely worth it to me. But here's my question. Every head bowed, every back closed. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Do you you know God? Have you come to Christ and said, God, uh, forgive me, Lord, I want to live for you? If you're here in this place and you do not have a relationship with Jesus and you want one, I want you to pray this prayer. You You can say it after me if you'd like. You can pray it in your heart. But just say this. Just say, God, Lord, come into my heart. Come on, write with your heart if that's you today. You don't have to say it real loud, but you just say it in your heart. God, come into my heart, Lord. Change me. Forgive me. Make me new today. I make you Jesus, Lord of my life. I want to follow you all the days of my life. Come on, say it in your heart if that's you today. Just say thank you for your grace. Thank you for forgiveness. You're right here, maybe you already have a relationship with Jesus and you just need God to forgive you. Right where you are, just say, God, would you forgive me? God, I'm walking away from this. Lord, last week that's where I was, but this week I'm moving to where you are, God. Lord, I was addicted to that. I've Lord, I've been looking at that. God, I've been, I've been just looking at this thing all wrong, God. But I'm hearing you right now, God, and I'm just saying, God, would you forgive me? God, would you change me? Would you rearrange me today? Come on, if that's you with your heart, right where you are, just lay it down. You can leave it right here at this altar today. You can leave it right here in this church today and you can walk out a different person. That's the beauty of His grace. Lord, change us. I want to give you all the glory. Amen, amen. Can we give every person that made a decision to follow Christ today a huge hand? Come on, would you just put your hands together and love on them Awesome. Incredible. And if you're here, and if you made a decision to follow Christ today, if you pray that in your in your heart, I would. I, this is what I want you to do. I want you to, before you leave today, at any point today, you don't have to do it right away, but take one of those connection cards, fill it out at the top right, you're going to see where it says, I just accepted Christ christ and i want you to know your next step is water baptism you go to our website you can see all the next steps that are there and we would love to 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 help you find in, in your journey with christ amen